Episode 165 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the legendary Romanian gymnast Nadia Comaneci, who is credited with popularising that sport around the world. During her remarkable career, Nadia won four World Championship medals and nine Olympic medals. At the Montreal Olympics in 1976, when she was only 14 years old, Nadia became the first gymnast to be awarded a perfect score of 10 and received six more perfect 10s for events en route to winning three gold medals. At the Moscow Olympics in 1980, Nadia achieved two more perfect 10s and two more gold medals. She has lived in the United States since 1989, when she defected from the then-communist Romania before its revolution in December that year. This interview took place in 1994, when Nadia came to London to do some promotional work. So Nadia, how much do you remember of your perfect gold medal winning performances back in 76? Uh, I remember quite a bit. <laughs> I was 14. I remember all the competition, I remember the routines. Definitely remember when I got the first 10 of the uneven bars and uh, that's quite a while because that's what, what I did when I went to 76. I was just competing and I went back home. How aware were you at that time of all the acclaim and attention that you were getting throughout the world? I didn't care about that. Well, actually, I never cared about that, but I didn't even realize that people were so much interested in me because I started gymnastics when I was six years old. It was like a kind of a joke that I started because I was playing in a house and I had too much energy, and my mom, for a while, she thought that she would calm me down if I would go find a place and uh, spend the energy. So that's how I started gymnastics, and I started to like it from the beginning, and uh, I, I told my mom that I want her to, to bring me back because I want to go there, and she put me a, lot, a couple of conditions. If I get a good grades at school, that's how she's going to let me do gymnastics, so I had to be a good student too, so uh, that's how I started, and I just started with a little competition, and I wanted to work more and to be better, and uh, that's how I ended up at the Olympics. Now, I hear that you broke a few sofas at home and uh, chairs and things by jumping over them. Is that correct? Yeah, I did that. And lots of prints on the walls because I was jumping in the sofa. So that was the reason that my mom, you know, she didn't want to buy new furniture because of me. Now, the Olympics in 1972, before you came to the fore, was Olga Corbett's Olympics. How much of an inspiration was she to you? I watched the Olympics in 72, and I knew a lot about Olga's. But I had another gymnast that was my inspiration, that was Ludmila Turisheva. Of course, I like Olga too, but I got more attractive by, by Ludmila. And I, in my mind, some, I, I said that probably sometimes I would be uh, like how she is. So, of course, I just said that. I, I mean, I meant it, but I never believed that this is going to happen. Was there any chance for you to become friends with your rivals like Ludmila or Olga? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are friends. Definitely. We talk a lot, but that's how it looks in a competition. We are rivals only in a competition, but we've always been friends with all of our rivals. Sometimes it doesn't look that way on TV, that, but that's what that's all the people see. So how much do you see of the two of them now? Turisheva, she's an international judge, so I have a chance to see her a lot when I come and see the competition. Last time I saw her at the World Championship in Birmingham, 
And Olga, just a few times, she lives in Atlanta, and when we do some charities, that's when we met together. When you won more gold medals in Moscow in 1980, there were claims that you had been given drugs to delay your puberty and so on. How much truth was there in that? Uh, there was only speculation. I, I had no idea about that until I came here later, and the people st uh, started to ask me about those things. I mean, I know what I took, so it's nothing that... I don't know in gymnastic. I heard there's something like that. Uh, but uh, that's the way I am. I, I think I would have been differently if I didn't. I was not in gymnastics. How much control did you have over your life in those days, though? When I was young? Well, how can I say? Um, I was living in a complex two years before the Olympics, and you, you don't... It's like you, you are a kid. It's like, how do you know to control your life? You just believe in somebody who is... Uh, like got to you as first as the parents because that they are the parents who give to the education until you grow up and you just go on your way but what in the 14 you can go on your way and take control of your life I didn't even want to do that at that time because I was involved in gymnastics Bella Caroli was the one who taught me all the things and not only in gymnastics but in, in my life now despite your phenomenal Olympic success we very rarely saw you smile why was that I used, I used to smile a lot, but not in the gym, because at that time I have one minute and a half to concentrate on my routine, so I don't think I want to smile at that time, and usually I make a lot of mistakes if I, if I think of something else, so that's why the, the, but the people never, the people had no clue about me, they just start to write things from their mind, because they didn't have a chance to get to me, to to see me or to find out if I'm laughing or smiling at home. They just saw me in TV and they, they just start to write stupid things about everything, you know, because that's, that's how the media is. But how happy a person were you really? I am very happy. Were you then? I was very happy, sure I was. I mean, who, at 14 years old, what kid had a chance to go in all those beautiful countries for free, you know, buy things for their friends? I think I was really lucky, and you know, a lot of a lot of the people asked me uh, if I rather wanted to be a normal kid. So I I said no. I think normal is not good either. <laughs> I don't want to be a normal kid. That's a lot of normal people. I like to be somebody different. But when you look back now, do you not think you missed out on a normal childhood? What does a normal childhood mean? Just I'm like hanging on the mall more. <laughs> well, I don't think or, it was training uh, in the gymnasium all the time, which is what you presume. Well, a to kid do. likes to play. No, a kid have a lot of energy, and you have to let the kid play, kick the ball or something, do something. And the way that I've been driven to, somebody drove me to a way that I'm really happy that I did that. That even that sometimes was difficult. I'm really happy that I had somebody say, "Oh, come on, you can do that," because that's where I am now. And not too many people aren't in this position, and I have a lot of open doors, and I can do a lot of the things that if I didn't do that... But presumably you had to make a lot of sacrifices for your sport. Did that bother you at any stage? No. No, I didn't get them ex as sacrifices. I think working hard, it doesn't mean that you do as sacrifices. I think I've seen a lot of people who work harder than I did, the people, the real hard working people. Presumably you had to be on quite a strict diet and so on, you had to be careful what you ate. Was that yeah. the case? Well, it's, I don't call it strict diet, I call it smart eating, that's how I call it. Just because being in that such a high level of performances, the body needs kind of those amounts of, you know, at that time I didn't even have a clue about that, but 
That's what the doctor said that we have to have and we have to eat, and that's what we had in the plate, and that's what we eat. Of course, we were cut a little from the sweets because sweets were not good, but not only for gymnastics. Usually the sweets are not good for anybody. So that's the sacrifices that... But I think now in this... And in these days, the women do a lot of more sacrifices, thinking about the way that they want to look, and they see them jogging on the street, and everybody's like at six o'clock at the health club. So, I call that sacrifice too. At that time, you know, fifteen years ago, you didn't see that. So, uh, when and why did you decide to retire eventually from international competition? Well, actually, I decided to retire after the Olympics, but because the eighty-one world. University games supposed to be in Bucharest. Then I said, I, because it's going to be in my country, I want to finish the last competition in my country. So I did that, and that after that, I retired. Did you not want to take part in the Los Angeles Olympics and make it three in a row? Uh, no, I didn't want to because I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I always like to retire when the people still want you, not when you're just down. And they said, oh Jesus. Finally, she retired, you know. I <laughs> just wanted to do as best as I could and retire somewhere on a high level. Gymnastics is a sport that 18, 19, you already think of retire. So I would have been 22 in that way. Did you not worry, though, that you'd achieved everything in life that anyone could ever want? You had everything in the world. And what were you going to do after that? Well, I had almost everything I can say in gymnastics, but not in my life. I have a lot of other things I want to achieve in my life, and that's a different kind of life I have now. I was dedicated to gymnastics at that time, and I knew that with the time, this is not going to be the same way. So I knew that I'm going to be a student. I knew that I'm going to finish in university. That's what I did. And I knew that I'm going to start the different parallel kind of life that, you know, the other people have, you know, having a family and see what am I doing for me to, uh, how am I surviving, you know, that that was a different kind of life, so. Wasn't it difficult to go back into normal life, as it were, or to go into normal life for the first time? I don't think I'd, I'm a normal life too either now, because I uh, travel every two or three days. I still do gymnastics, I still perform shows. I do a lot of different things, so I don't quite qualify that there's a normal life too. Some of the people, as I know, they, they, they start to making a comeback. They can't adapt themselves with a normal life, but I can do. To what extent were you treated as a hero in Romania after you retired? I, I, I don't know if a hero, but for, for the people probably, and the people who have seen my success, uh, but my life was the same. But you didn't then receive a life of luxury? Were you given a huge house and that sort of thing? Where did that, where did that come from? <laughs> uh, no. Why should I leave? <laughs> why did I leave then <laughs> if I had the luxury house? Was there no way of making money from your success in Romania? I didn't make any money of my success. I made a lot less than some of the normal people. So I couldn't even afford to live so good there. What was it like living in Romania in those days? I didn't b beneficiate from my... Uh, as a people, it's usually it happened, you know, when you win an Olympic medal, you have a lot of advantage, but it well, didn't happen to me, just because the system is that way. Did you feel bitter about that when you compared yourself with other Olympic champions and heroes throughout the world? Oh, yeah, I did, but uh, it was nothing I could do. So if, if I know that somehow I am in a situation and I cannot do anything to get out of the situation, that I'm just going to stay with anger. anger. <laughs> 
But presumably when you were a great Olympic success, you must have anticipated a lovely retirement with great success and everything else, but it wasn't quite the fairy tale you might have expected. Well, I did anticipate that. That, that's true, but uh, there was not the reason that I started to do gymnastics, because I anticipated that I was going to have a great life. I didn't know that. Yeah, with the time when I, I grew up, that I, I thought that my life is going to change. I will have a lot of different opportunities, but they didn't happen. <laughs> to what extent did you then become a victim of politics, as it were? Everybody's a victim of politics, so I'm in the same country, so I become automatically... You seem to have been more than most. Why do you think you were picked on? Well, just because, uh, you know, the, the countries, they use you They because you are a big name and, you know, they want to show everybody what a big name they have in the country. And, you know, it's in a communist system, which you don't decide what you want to do. Not, it's not only for me. It's everybody. You just, if you want to do this, it doesn't matter. It's like here in the free country, you can do it. You, you can't. That's the way it's the life, so... What kind of a hold on you did the Ceausescu family have? Uh, I'm not going to go too deep in this, uh, because this is, a, this is a personal thing, so I elect not to talk anymore about that. A lot of people ask me, I said I talk about that, but I don't want to talk about that anymore. Can you just say how much truth there was in the sort of stories that we heard after you defected about how you'd been tortured and so on? How much truth was there in all that? There was a lot of lies. I never been tortured by anybody. There was lies. They said things like your fingernails are being I taken out. So. Get about that. I had my <clears throat> fingernails with me all the time. Jesus Christ. Now, this is speculation. And uh, about the story and my personal things and my personal life, if it was bad or good for me, it just belonged to me and to anybody else until I'm going to decide to make it up and, you know, to open it up and make a book or a, that's why I'm going to talk about my life otherwise. I elected to let it go. But they uh, they say there's no smoke without fire and there's a lot of talk about your relationship with Nicu Ceausescu and stuff. Is that not the case? Well, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> there's no smoke about fire. Let the smoke go. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> to what extent, though, were you a prisoner in Romania? Uh, I didn't have the passport to go out starting in 84. So um, that's, I can say that that was the last time when I was out of the country. So... Uh, I never had a visa to, to go to judge competitions, and uh, I can say that that was the kind of a prisoner. Now that's why I wanted to to leave the country, just because I wanted to be free. That was the reason, and I wanted to have my rights to judge, and I wanted to have my rights to decide what I wanted to do in my life. That was the reason. Had you thought of or even tried to defect before you did? No, you can't try two times. You try once, you make it fun. The second time, you don't have a chance to try it. So how long did you work on a plan to leave the country? I didn't work on it too much. I just did it there were just a few days before. What did you hope to do once you had left the country? I don't know. I didn't think about that. I was just wanted to leave, that's all. I wanted to leave and to make it. And then from then, I was going to think about what is going to happen. Now, shortly after you did defect, the Ceausescu regime was deposed. Did you just think, gosh, if only I'd waited a little bit longer? I wouldn't make the story today if I l wait a little bit longer, don't you think? <laughs> you wouldn't come to me today and ask me about my defection. <laughs> I don't think that my leaving was... Well, if there was, I can say if I help with something for the people, that's different. But the revolution just came as a, as a surprise, I think. Probably a lot of the people wanted to have a free life, but there was no way that 
the people thought that this is going to happen. So it came on surprises for me, and I don't probably for the other people. See, I was I was not there anymore, so it's it's a lot. It's harder for me to talk about because I don't know, you know, the inside stories how they start and. I didn't fight in the revolution, so I don't take the rights that I help. You know, there was a lot of people who died there at that time. So, if I would have been there, been there, I would have, you know, be together with the other people and go through the same. I don't know if I would have been alive anymore. So, because you never know. But um, how dramatic was your defection? Was it a very exciting time? Uh, very frightening. I don't know. A combination of I wanted to make it, and I was afraid, and. Can you tell us about the story of it? Well, it's not such a big story. It's just that I crossed the border in the middle of the night, and I got in Hungary, and in Hungary I got caught by the police and took to the police, and uh, they told me that if I leave, they're going to send me back if they're going to catch me. When I left, I crossed the border again to Austria, and then I took the plane to the States. So how did you escape the police in Hungary? I didn't escape because they let me live in, 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 Hung- in Budapest. Because of who you were, uh, but not only me. I with the other people. I think that who I was helped a little because they can deport you uh, if they don't want you in a country. Now it's been said that once you got to America, you were almost as much of a prisoner again. Was that the case? Well, I was. I was with somebody who uh, actually uh, gave me the way to escape, and. Uh, Somebody who just realized that he can make a lot of money after me. So, again, I couldn't control my thing, so I had to go again through almost close to that situation, but it's like in a different country, in a free country. It's like it's a little hard to believe that you can do what you want. So it was a hard time for me at the beginning, for a couple of two months. Now, that was Constantine Panate. How, how true was it that he mistreated you? Because that's what we heard. Well, if you are in somebody's hands and you can't do anything and you cannot call your family and you cannot take get the contact, it, I don't think that you like the situation. So, you know, just somebody who's just taking the money from you and you don't have any advantage and you can't do anything you want, I think that's enough to be mistreated. So why didn't you call for help? Why didn't you sue the police? Call. Police? Do you, I'm afraid of police. Am I going to the police? Why are you afraid of the police because in America? The police are, well, I don't know. How did I know about that? The police are the bad guys in Romania, aren't they? I don't, I don't know about the free world. I don't know who I have to go. I don't know anything about the inside countries. How did you escape from Panate in the end? I, I went to Montreal to a friend that used to be a Romanian, and he and his wife. So then I didn't want to go back. Do you know what's happened to Panate now? No, I don't know. I just know that uh, he's somewhere in Romania. Why do you think you got involved with the wrong people so often? Why do you think you've had so I'm much not, bad luck? I, was, I never thought about who am I going to get involved with. I just think, I just thought about that here I have a chance to do something with somebody that I, I didn't care. I just wanted to do what I, you know, what I, I wanted to escape. Okay, this, who can do that? So do you think I'm judging the people? I'm not judging the people. And I was bad luck. That's how I say <laughs> Now, the man who rescued you from Panate was Alexander Stefu. Now, he eventually yes. died in an accident, didn't he? That yeah, must in have, 91. You must have wondered if your nightmare was ever going to end when that happened. Well, that was the third worst time, I think, that, you know, things comes in trees, I used to say. So I hope that that was the hardest thing, again, that happened to me. So I wish that, I thought that probably it's like the biggest 
three and nothing is going to happen again. So. Uh, Did you begin to wonder if you'd ever have a decent life? Yeah, a little. Yeah, I start to wonder about that. But uh, as 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 I am, I'm thinking that well, there's nothing you can change. You just let the time go and uh, hope that you're gonna accomplish with the time what you dream about. So you know you can make overnight magics. What was it that gave you faith to keep going, to keep having hope? I think I'm a big believer in God, so that's what I. I think. Was it a similar thing to when you were, as a gymnast, you thought, yeah. if I really work hard, if I really have some faith, I'll succeed? Yeah, yeah. Th that was the same way. That's I was, I was going through all the, I think, that's, I, that's how I accomplish all the things, even that some of them, they were not really successful. But I, uh, I have the power that I have, I don't know, from God, I think, uh, the power to, to go through the things and not, not collapse, you know, not give up. I never give up of things. Once I already put in my head something, that's no way I'm not going to do it. There are a lot of things that I, you know, that the people, like say somebody wants me to do something, I'm thinking, I say no from the beginning if I know that I want, don't want to go involved. So I'm not, I'm not playing half, you know. I don't say, yeah, I'm going to try. No, I'm going to try. If I know, I'm going to do it. Otherwise, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Now, in the end, it was your current boyfriend, Bart Connors, who rescued you, basically, didn't mm -hmm. he? How, how did he help you? Well, actually, when I was living in Montreal with uh, Alexander Stefan and his wife, I was in contact with, with Bart and Paul because they, I mean, they contacted me and Alexander to start to perform gymnastic shows. And then after the tragic death of Alexander, then my life totally changed because then if he died, there was no reason for me to live in Montreal, and I had nobody, and uh, then I came to the States, and that's how, uh, you know, I start to build again, as I thought from the beginning, because there was a new life for me again. So uh, I can say there was, the, the two of them, Bart and Paul, they were such a good help for me, and uh, they just showed me the, you know, the right way, and I like to be with them, because, you know, I, uh, I am the one who decides. See, I used to be afraid before, even the media, and I, I used to be afraid that if somebody's asking me something, I have to answer back. Okay, now now, I, now I'm not afraid because I'm the one who controls it. If I want to talk, yeah. If I don't want to talk, nobody's going to cut my neck down. But I, before I used to be afraid, and I had, it's like I had to, like I have to answer as a, like a server, like, you know, to the people, like, why, why, why do I have to do that? So I understand that because I'm the one that the people want. I'm not going for them. I don't need publicity. I don't want anybody to come and talk with me. So I have my life. I don't want to be posed in all the newspaper. I don't care about that. But just because, you know, sometimes that's the way the life is. But I, I'm, I'm in control of the situation, and, you know, I like to do that. Yeah, it must have been very hard to trust somebody again after all the disappointments. I never trust anybody. Not even Bart now? Well, yeah, I trust. I never before. Because I don't become friend with the people from, from the first time. I let the time go. I don't, and I don't, I don't even want to let them think that I'm their friend. Because it's hard then to say, you know, to get away from. So I'm, I'm a little, you know, two yeah, steps right. back. Now, there seems to be some discrepancies as to how, when you actually met Bart. Because... He says it was years and years ago, and when exactly was it? 
We met in 76, first time, in uh, the American Cup at Madison Square Garden. I don't remember too much about that time. Then the next time we met in 81. When now, hang on a second. Back in 76, he claims he came up and congratulated you or something. Yeah, we won together. So we won the same. He won the first, he, he won the first men, and I, I was the, for the females. And uh, he congratulated me, and uh, he gave me a kiss on the cheek because that, that's what time I I don't know, New York, one newspaper wanted to. But it's like how many people used to kiss me on the cheek? Like, I don't remember that. So He says he was in love with you even then. He said, he does, he was like, no, he didn't say. He said that he was not interested in me. He was, he liked me as a, as a gymnast and, you know, like what spectacular things I do, I think. But then I didn't see him for, until 81. And then in 81, we were in tour together, so I didn't talk too much with him either. And then the next time when I saw him was now, when I came to the States. What do you think would have happened to you if Bart hadn't come to your rescue? Mm, I don't know. I think I would leave probably here. In, the, in England? No, in the States. <laughs> no, in America. I don't know. Probably I would have been... I. I, I I don't know. It, I don't want to think about it. Why do I have to think about it? Did you ever consider ending your life? Why? Jesus. I, I can't even think about it. No, I can't do that. Why? I'm not suggesting now, but I mean, did you have when oh, things were God, really bad for no. you? No, I can't do that. Even they are they are terrible, I can't do that. Now, you left your mother in Romania, didn't you? And you didn't see her for two years. What was that like? It was hard. And... Um, I hope that I, there will come the time that I can see her again. Even that when I left, I knew that I'm not going to see her again because there was still a different regime. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was very hard. When you left her there and you defected, did you worry that she might have to pay for all the anger against you? Uh, I, I knew she's going to have some problems. I knew did she have family. some problems? Yeah, they've been at the police for a couple of days. Yeah. Tell us about your mother, and you've got a brother as well, haven't you, Adrian? Yeah, I have a brother, a sister-in-law. He, he's already, he, he's married, and uh, he has a kid, so they are back in Romania. But what was the reunion like when you met your mother again after two years? What was that like? Uh, we were crying, huh? and we started, we talk about... What were the circumstances of the reunion? I met her at the airport. So I, I, I got, I came, I send her an invitation to come for Christmas. So now every year at the Christmas, that's that's her coming to the States. So uh, he was emotional the first one when she came. Now we I got used with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's different now because she's, you know, I, I talk with her every, like, two or three times a week. It's, it's like I'm calling from a different city in Romania. Mm -hmm. It's a lot different. Now, when you left Romania, did you ever think you'd go back? When I left, I knew that I was not going to go back. Ever. Ever. Unless I was going to be a different citizen. Now that your mother can come and go to America, do you ever consider going back to Romania? Yeah. Yeah, I, I consider, but uh, it's, it's, um, I, ha I have to have a month to go back to Romania. I can't go um, a day and come back. And I want my first coming to Romania to give something to the people. I want to do something. I want to do a show. I want to give money to the people I don't know yes I want to do a bigger deal I just don't want to go and come back so I didn't even figure I didn't figure out how and 
what's the way that I'm going to do that. I'm in contact with the, the people from the, the high standard people from the government. I talk with the Minister of Sport that they want to name an arena after me. So they invite me and uh, we send faxes and we try to decide what's the better time when it's the, the biggest national day of Romania or something like that, that I can do something. When do you think that will be? Have you any idea? After I did my injuries, it changed a little my, my schedule because it put me out of a couple of months out of the shows and now I'm in rehab and I have to do a lot. I want to be on my feet when I go, especially back to Romania. So we were thinking that probably uh, at the end of the year, this year, will, if it's not possible because of I have a lot of the things that I'm committed to. Sometimes people think that, oh, come on, but you, you can you can let those things that come to Romania. But I can't let those things, even that I want to go to Romania. So I you, don't know. You say they want you to go back for the they want to, They want me to go back just like for a day and celebrate me and change the name of the arena. And But I don't want it to be so short. It will be my first visit. I don't want to make it a day. Do you think everyone will welcome you happily? Well, I think so. Yeah, I think I didn't do any bad to anybody. So uh, with everybody I talk with, everybody wants me to come back. If I will feel that I did something bad, I will feel a little retained to go. But now it's, I did everything I could. I helped people. I, the only thing that I couldn't do, I couldn't help myself too much. <laughs> do you not think that some people will feel that you betrayed them? No. Why? Because I wanted to be free. Now they are free too. <laughs> no. Now do you think if you do go back that you will feel safe or would you, will all the memories come back and you think, gosh, will I ever get out of here again? Well, I no, I think it, I know it's different. Yeah, of course I will, I will get out of there. I, I've never thought about that. It's just a different, it's just a different life. It's not only me that a lot of people go back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. The life is totally different. As my brother said, you're not going to believe it. It's America here. Everybody do what they want. Do you feel a little bit angry that, you know, you can go back now and you'll be welcomed like a hero, but it didn't happen when it should have done. Yeah, uh, they are different people now, I think. The situation is not the same. The people have different mentality, and um, it was just because of the system. It was not because of the people, but the system was bad. So that's why. Tell us what sort of a life your brother and mother lead over there now. Well, my mother has a job. She is the secretary of a radio station, like an international radio. She has a pretty good job. And uh, my my brother is just like my brother, wild. He does a lot of business. He has companies and he works, import, export things. He has, he's, he's doing a good living. He's, everybody's by themselves, you know. Everybody's like connecting with somebody. They try to open companies and change things or it's like, you know, trade or whatever they do there, you know. I, I don't, I've never been there. I don't know as much as he tells me. But, you know, I have friends that they go because my brother lives in the house that I, I lived. I have people that I ask, well, how would my house look like? And did the house looks great, so he takes care of that. So I think he makes a good living. How difficult has it been for them to live with your fame as well? Yeah, it's good for them, yeah. It's the bro- my brother, and I think they have a lot of advantage, more, probably a lot more than I used to have. <laughs> Tell us about your existence in the United States now. You've got a house with Bart in Oklahoma, is that right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, in northern Oklahoma, we have a house. Yeah. And, and what sort of a life do you lead? Much more happily than in Romania, presumably. Yeah, I I am with somebody that I want to be, and that somebody that I share my things, and uh, somebody who I um, adore, I can say, <laughs> and we do the same things, and. Um, we, we almost do the same things. We travel almost together. Sometimes it happens that we don't we don't travel together. As now he has other things to do, but um, when we get home and we stay, we don't stay more than a week. It's it's celebration when we are home a week because we travel all the time. The life is just not complicated at all. It's very simple. We just pump in the gym and check my soap operas, and you know that's pretty easy. How have you adapted to the American life? You seem to have a bit of an American accent and everything. You're quite Americanized now. Uh, I think I'm easy to adapt to any kind of life that I choose to be in. I choose to live in that country, though. I'm going to adapt to that country. But when I'm going back to Romania, when I speak Romania with my people, I speak totally Romania with the accent of Romanian people because lots of people say that uh, many of the Romanians that live, they start to speak funny, you know, because they like they forgot the language. And I said, "Come on, I will never. Be, it doesn't matter if I don't. I will never gonna speak Romania again with anybody. I'm gonna speak in my Romanian accent because, uh, because I'm a Romanian. That's that's how I was born, and you know, I I can adapt very very fast. So that's that's the way. When I was living in Montreal, I sp- I spoke French. Do you find you now get treated as a hero in America? I think America has tons of heroes, <laughs> so I think I'm one of them. They have a lot of actors, a lot of singers, a lot of celebrities. I think that in my career I'm, I'm treated as the person who scored the first perfect ten and somebody different, but as I said, it's like everybody turns ahead after somebody that's a hero but in a different When I see Elton John, he's a hero too for me, you know, it's like everybody has a hero, so... It was not that way in Romania. There were not too many heroes. There was, like, just a few, maybe, so... Uh, Has everyone been welcoming of you in America, or have you had some people being a bit nasty? No, I never had people. that The, the people always supported me in America, even with the time that they were, they were bad times for me. The people were supporting me. Yeah, the media, but the media have to make money, so it doesn't matter if they... They may, they may support me, but they may... You know, they have to write whatever they have to write. But that didn't change my life with the time because, you know, I know what kind of person I am. So whatever the, imp- the first impression is that for the people, whatever happened, I knew that the people will have to deal with me. They will know me. They're not going to start to write stupid things about me because the people are going to jump on their head and go say, what are you talking about? Because I know what kind of person I am. So I said, okay, will come the time when you're going to come to me. And, you know, you're going to realize that, you know, I was right. And the thing is going to turn upside the other way. So here we are, and these are the things, and the things are the way that I knew that they are going to be. It took a while, but that's okay. It also took a while for you to get your gold medals back, didn't it? Because you had them left in in Romania, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Where are they now? They're in Oklahoma. My brother uh, brought it to me from home. Yeah, so I have them. Were they kept in a frame or in a cabinet or? Well, now, yeah. in box, in a velvet box, yeah. And when you go back to Romania eventually, will you take them with you? Nah, the people they they don't want to see them. Well, it's different. Why? I have them. Everybody knows I have them. 
It's like different here in the in America. It's like, oh my God, the people have to see the how will gold medal look like. But in Romania, the people are different. You know, they, once and I'm the same thing. That's why I keep them in a box. I'm not going to wear them. Or, so a lot of the people sleep with them under the pillow. I'm like, oh Jesus, no. I have them. Even if I lost them, there would be a, a big lose for me because that's something that I want to have. But even if I lost them, that doesn't mean that they took away my titles. You know. Does Bart sleep with his under his pillow? No, he has it in a frame, in a glass. How long has it taken to build up trust in Bart and, and know that you can be with somebody and have confidence in them? Uh, it was a little unusual with Bart because I was kind of trusting him from not from the beginning, but almost from the beginning because he was such a nice person. And uh, as as I I saw him from from the back, he always helped people that... They have nothing to do, you know. They were not even his friends, you know. That's the way he was. And I knew about that because there was a lot of talk about that. So uh, there was a base, but that that's not enough for me, you know. I have to have my own trust. So uh, he helped me uh, from the beginning. And uh, this advantage, you know, a lot of the people want help you if you do something for them. Now, there's been talk about you, the two of you getting married. Is that going to happen? That's the way that the relationship is going, no. It's a really good relationship. It's going into a marriage. It just comes the time. We have a really good relationship with, together, and we think that we, we figure out that we look like we're already married, but we just don't have the papers. So when's it going to happen? I don't know. We didn't decide the date yet. But you'd like it to happen? Yeah, sure. I like that. I well, like to have a family, sure. And if you have a family, will you bring them up in America, or do you think one day you'd like to return to Romania? Well, they're going to know everything about, you know, my... They're going to speak, for sure, the, the Romanian language. They will have to decide where they want to live. I'm just going to open the two part of the situation. Maybe they want to live in Monte Carlo, I don't know. Will you encourage them to go into gymnastics? I think a sport is a great idea for everybody. Gymnastic is a base sport. It's a lot of people start with gymnastics. They didn't end up doing gymnastics. They end up doing, they were flight attendants. I've, I met a lot of the people that used to do gymnastics, and they went to totally different things, uh, even not even close to sport, even you know, like to basketball or, you know, track and field. Uh, yeah, of course I will encourage and support them, but not Olympics, because Olympics is not for everybody. It's just for special people. If they want to do it, sure. But I just want to say, okay, this is this is going to be a lot of work, and you have to work a lot of hours a day if you want to accomplish that. But in this time, is whatever you, every kid you ask on the street, they, everybody wants to go to the Olympics. So, are you still <laughs> doing gymnastics yourself? Yeah, I, I perform gymnastics. Yeah, uh, I do exhibitions. And how easy is that compared to when you were a little child? I mean, presumably... Yeah, it's not too easy. But I still love to do it. I love to go upside down. I love to try things. But it's not as easy. That was at 14. Yeah. I'm older now. You're in good shape. I mean, a few years ago when you defected, you know, you weren't quite the girl that you used to be. But now you're back in shape, aren't you? Well, yeah, I am back in shape. But that doesn't mean that I do as easy as I can do at 14. I don't even want to do too much. I'm fine, you know, the, you know, the people just want to see me. They don't expect me to do things that, you know, just land on my neck or something. I'm not, never going to do that. I'm just, I think that I just do that because I love to do gymnastics and I do as much as I'm comfortable with. And uh, I think the whole idea is just to promote the sport. 
Now, talking of promoting, you've got your own fitness video and you've got your own fitness products and so on. Tell us a bit about those. Yeah, I'm involved with the, I'm the international spokesperson for the STEP company uh, that's uh, in Atlanta. And uh, actually, uh, I started to take STEP classes before I met the people, just because I figured out that it's, it's pretty fun. You know, and the people, you know, uh, you socialize with a lot of people there, and the hour goes fast, and, you know, you condition without uh, even realizing that you, you, you get a good tone. Then the people, I got involved with them, and uh, I did promotion for the STEP. And now, as with their last thing that they came up with the slide, I think this is really, really a lot of fun. I just started to do the slide. I, I wanted to do a little before, but I couldn't do because of my knee surgery. So now I start to do it, and I, I'm, re- I'm a little sore. I didn't do too much, but it's like, wow, this is... I like that because it's like you are in the ice. I think it's a lot of different things. So the people now like to combine the, uh, the step with the slide. How responsible has this step and slide regime been to your recovery and so on? Well, I think that it's it's not only for getting b- back in shape or um, keeping the shape. It's it's good for rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. It's it's good for my knee because, as the doctor said, let your knee wake up to know where it is. Because you know, after that, that reconstruction, you know, the knee loses everything. So you just have to start to teach it from walking. It's like like a kid. So I I start to do steps uh, even a little before the doctor said, and uh, it's it's good. Yeah. How long do you think you're going to go on performing now? How many years? Maybe five more from now, I'm thinking. Then what do you think you're going to do? What am I going to do then? I'm going to do fitness for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter if I'm not going to do gymnastic anymore or perform gymnastic. I'm going to host the gymnastic shows. I'm going to let pass this to the younger ones. So uh, I will still I will be involved with our school. And I have a new line of leotards here in London, so you never know. I like to do a little more fashion, too. Do you mean to say you might come and live in England? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I never thought about that, but uh, I like to be involved in fashion, you know, like any other women like to do that. Now, you've also said you're going to write your story mm-hmm. and you're going to perhaps have a film about you, another film about you, in fact. Uh-huh. Who would you like to star in that film as you? I'm not ready to do a movie or a book about my life. Yeah. Well, tell me anyway what your hopes are for the future now, what, what you'd like to see happen in your life. I don't make too much, uh, a long time goals. I just accomplish little things what I have to do. It's like I've been asked a lot, what am I think, how am I picturing myself in 10 years? How can I know in one year from now a lot of things can happen? How could I picture like in 89, in September, and then I could picture in how my life is going to be in five years. In three months, I was over the ocean. So I don't make big goals because I know that life is going to change a lot of the things. But basically what I do now is that where I'm involved with and I like what I do, I like to do, uh, do it successfully, and that's, that's, that's all. Do you think America is your life now forevermore? I've always been. One, always I thought about that when I was a kid. I want to go to America because America is, I don't know, it was like paradise, something that the people dream to go. So now I found my life there, so it's a lot more powerful, uh, you know, to be there. Is there anyone that you always wanted to meet who you've now met? Any film stars or rock stars or anything? Or is there anyone you still want to meet? Yeah, I always wanted to meet Michael Jackson's. (laughs) And have you? 
No, I didn't. No. How do you feel about the current predicament he's in then? I don't care about that. He's just a big star. <laughs> So. One thing I must ask you, though, there's a lot of very disturbing things going on with sporting stars, like Monica Sellers is being attacked and the mm. ice skater and so on. How do you feel about that? Do you worry? Are you glad you're out of it now? Uh, I never worried about that, but I think it's... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's um, painful to see something like that. It's, I can't believe that somebody's thinking of something like that. You know, they people that work very hard to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And... Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I'm out of that. Uh, yeah, but you never know, you know. There are a lot of crazy people. <laughs> do you still have a lot of fans? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> Especially in the gymnastic community. And do you get recognized a lot in the street? Well, sometimes, yeah, I do get recognized now because uh, of my, uh, my latest underwear billboards. <laughs> But um, the people, the people don't expect me to see on the street, so they think that I look familiar. So do I know you from somewhere, or did I meet you before? Or, so then when I say, oh, yeah, I used to watch you, and that's how that happened always. How does it feel to be on a great big billboard wearing underwear? That's, not too many people can make it in Times Square, as much as I know. <laughs> I'm not there anymore because now they, they put me down. It was something different. Add a little more pepper to my career, and it was something that was different that I used to do, and I like to do things like that too. <laughs> there must have been times when your self-esteem was quite damaged. You have more confidence in yourself now. Mm, not too much down. My self-esteem was not. I didn't let it go too much down. You know, the people around think that that's the way it is, but even that when you are not successful at the competition. You know, that's a lot of the people that are around. Only the people around, they make the story. Is, I, I make that, I compare that with Kim Zemeskel falling at the, in the Barcelona Olympics. Uh, she was fine the next day. The media was the problem. But the media was, you know, like, make, all the time they start to introduce her, like, after the, and now we're going to talk with Kim Zemeskel, the one with the terrible, terrible, like, what's the problem? She's fine. You are not fine. You know, it's like, we, we take that a lot easier and the people make the story. So uh, I never, probably there was a lot of talking that my self-esteem, well, I have my self-esteem always with me. I had bad times, but that doesn't mean I'm losing my self-esteem. That doesn't mean that if something happens, I'm going to throw myself from the sixth floor. There's no way it's not going to happen. I'm going to work it harder and make it come back the way that it has to come. How do you feel about your appearance now, you... I like how I look, yeah. That's the way I am. I like how I look. I'm different. Everybody's different. And uh, I don't want to change anything. I'm fine. What would be your dream? Now? Go home. 